0: Clear Light Podcast, with me, Steve Taylor. Episode 6, Presence. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Clear Light Podcast, with me, Steve Taylor. In this edition of the podcast, we are going to look into presence. We're going to look into what it means to be present, and how we can cultivate presence how we can identify the obstacles which stop us being present and hopefully overcome those obstacles. Spiritual teachings and spiritual teachers often mention presence. They often talk about living in the moment, living in the now, being mindful, being present. So what does that all mean and how can we cultivate a state of presence? But let me begin by reading a poem from my book, The Clear Light, which talks about presence. It's a poem about the choice that we make between presence and absence. It's a poem about the two worlds we can live in, the world of presence or the world of absence. And it's called The Two Worlds. Every moment we have a choice to be absent or to be present, to be elsewhere or to be here. Elsewhere is a place where doubt and regret live, a dull grey netherworld full of the ghosts of past events and shadows of the future. Elsewhere is a place where fear thrives, a plateau full of risks and threats, where we're always exposed like animals who are hunted by different predators. Elsewhere is a place where desires grow, a desert full of mirages that tempt us with ambitions that can't fulfill us and pleasures that can't satisfy us and leave us gasping and panting with a thirst that can't be quenched. But here is a bright spring morning where the whole world stands pristine and clear and each moment is sufficient to itself and there is nothing that lives or grows apart from what is and what was meant to be. Here is a beautiful landscape of translucent light and infinite space, and deep rich colours and perfect forms, and endless intricate details, a masterpiece freshly painted every moment. Here there is no lack, only the wholeness of what is now, Here there is no doubt, only the certainty of now. Here there is no complexity, only the simple truth of now. So why choose absence when we can be present? Why be elsewhere when we can be here? In a sense, that poem describes what we're going to look at in this podcast. Why we so often make a choice not to be present. Why we choose absence rather than presence. Why do we give our attention to activities and entertainments all the time when we could give our attention to our present moment experience? That's essentially what presence is. Giving your attention to your present moment experience. Opening up your awareness to your experience in the here and now whether it's the natural phenomena around you, and whether it's the feelings within your body and within your own consciousness. And if you think about it, life only ever takes place in the present moment. The future and the past don't really exist. The future is just anticipation. It's just thoughts in your mind about what may happen or what may not happen. And the past is just memory Maybe there are some recordings of the past, some photos or video recordings. But essentially, the past is just a memory. So even when you think about the future or the past, you're still in the present. Life always takes place only in the present moment. So if you spend all your time thinking about the future or thinking about the past, or if you spend all your time thinking about alternate realities daydreaming about things which may not happen or things which may be happening elsewhere or things that you would want to happen, then you're not really living. Obviously, we need to give our attention to the future and the past sometimes. We need to make plans and we can learn from the past. You know, we can remember events that have happened. We can make note of them and learn things from them. So we don't necessarily have to be present focused all the time, but the present should be the main focus of our attention. It should be our point of orientation, which we always come back to. If you think about it, it's ironic that we call ourselves human beings because we actually spend very little time being. We spend most of our time doing or wanting or thinking. And being means presence. You can only live in a state of being when you are present. Let's consider for a moment some of the obstacles that stop us living in the present. A lot of people actually don't want to live in the present because they're so used to giving their attention to activities, distractions, and entertainments that when they're forced to face themselves in the present moment, they feel uneasy. They're so used to living in abstraction and absorption that when they're in a state of awareness, they actually don't want to be there. They don't want to be in the present a lot of people actually develop strategies of escaping from the present. For many people, these are simply habitual. It's simply a habit mechanism which has become so powerful that it's difficult to fight against. We need to develop the habit of awareness to counter the habits of abstraction and absorption. So let's look at a few of these strategies. And as I talk about them, you can consider them. You can consider which strategies you use We all use strategies of escaping from the present moment. And once you become aware of these strategies, then to some degree you already become free of them. Awareness is in itself freedom. One of them is simply thought chatter. We like to give our attention to the thought chatter inside our heads. Sometimes daydreams are quite pleasant. Sometimes memories can be quite pleasant. So often, in order to escape the present moment, we simply reverse our attention inside ourselves and give our attention to our daydreams and memories and anticipations of the future. The second one is distractions and entertainments. We like to give our attention to entertainments. Television is one of the most obvious ones. I often think that the reason why television has had such a powerful impact on the human race since the 1950s You know, a lot of people used to, anyway, before the age of uh, the internet, a lot of people used to spend 30 to 35 hours a week watching television, which is a major proportion of their free time. And I think the reason for that is that television is the best strategy that anybody has come up with to allow us to escape the present moment. We immerse our attention in this picture box in the corner of our rooms, and it takes us away from our present moment reality into alternate realities. Another one is unnecessary activity. A lot of people are addicted to busyness. Addictive to activity. I always remember when I was about 23 years old, I'd left university, I took a job, I took a temporary job in an office, and there was a guy in the office who was about 68 years old. He told me that he'd retired, but he'd decided to come back to work because he was bored. And I thought he was crazy. I thought, why would somebody retire and then decide to go back to work because they were bored. But this gentleman was obviously addicted to activity. He wasn't used to having time to himself. He wasn't used to living in the present. So he was using the activity of the job to escape the present. People sometimes do that with housework, endlessly doing housework that doesn't really need to be done, working more hours than they need to do in their job, and so on. Immersing your attention in an activity can be an effective way of escaping the present. Another one is rushing. A lot of people are addicted to rushing. Rushing from appointment to appointment, rushing from one place to the next. It can be quite intoxicating to rush. It makes you feel that you are important, that you have a goal. It makes you feel that your life is important. And sometimes it's necessary. You know, modern life is stressful, it's busy. There are too many activities in our, in our lives, too many appointments and deadlines. So it's inevitable that we, that we have to rush sometimes. But a lot of people rush when they don't need to because they are addicted to rushing. It becomes habitual. And the problem with rushing is that when you rush, you are never in the present. When you rush, you are you are effectively rushing away from the present into the future. You are You are effectively saying, I don't want to be in the present, I want to be in the future. And you're trying to get to the future as quickly as you can. Another way in which human beings escape the present is by looking forward to the future. I used to know somebody who was always talking about her next holiday. She'd say, oh, I'm looking forward to going to Spain, it's going to be wonderful. Or I'm looking forward to going to Cornwall, it's going to be wonderful. So for months in advance, she would talk about the holiday all the time. She'd start to buy clothes for a holiday. She'd start to make plans for the holiday. And then she'd go on holiday and she'd come back and she'd say, well, it was nice. It wasn't as good as I expected, but it was quite nice. And soon after that, she'd start looking forward to her next holiday, which she was sure was going to be the perfect holiday. A lot of people do the same by looking forward to their weekends. You know, they can't wait till it's Friday. Work's over for the weekend. We're going to have a great time. And it's, again, it's a a habitual strategy that we use to escape the present. And again, there's nothing really wrong with looking forward to things. It's just a question of moderation. There's nothing wrong with having some event in your future and feeling good about it. But the problem comes when you use that as a strategy to escape the present. Another one, finally, is reliving the past. In the same way that some people look forward to the future, some people look back at the past. And they obsessively relive good times from the past. This is what we call nostalgia. But some people do it a lot, especially older people. They say things like, oh, life was so much better when we were young. It's not the same as it was. Young people nowadays, they have got no respect. And so on. They live in the past. And often the past they live in is fictitious. I mean, the past is always fictitious in a way because it doesn't exist. But their memories are fictitious. They create a rose-tinted past in their memories to contrast with an, an, an unsatisfactory present. So think about those strategies. I think I've mentioned six there. Think about them and consider which ones you use. And as I said before, once you are aware of these strategies, you are partially free of them. So when you catch yourself using these strategies, you can bring yourself back to the present. You can catch yourself and withdraw from these strategies and bring yourself back to the present. You can recognise the habit mechanism which pulls you to these strategies and you can counter that with a new habit mechanism of living in the present. Now I'm going to read another poem which actually shows you a strategy of moving from elsewhereness to presence. This is a poem called The Alchemy of Attention. It actually describes a real situation where I moved from a state of elsewhereness into a state of presence. It was one Saturday morning when I was making breakfast for my kids when I recognised that I wasn't there, I was in a state of abstraction. So this is the alchemy of attention. When a mist of multiplying thoughts fills your mind, associations spinning endlessly, images jostling and memories whirling, free falling through your inner space, you can always bring yourself back to now. This morning, making breakfast for the kids, I catch myself daydreaming and with a gentle mental nudge remind myself of where I am. And straight away the kitchen clutter turns into spacious presence. A mosaic of sunlit squares across the floor, fading and brightening with the passing clouds. The metal rooms of stools firing sparks. Steam curls floating over cups, reflecting silver spoons. The perfect stillness of spilt coffee grains. The gaudy yellow and blue of detergent bottles. And the window smudges exposed by sun. Everything perfectly still and real. Everything perfectly itself. Attention is an alchemy that turns dullness to beauty and anxiety to ease. So whenever you catch yourself in a state of elsewhereness, in a state of abstraction or absorption, give yourself a gentle mental nudge back into the present, just like I described in that poem. Become aware of the reality Of the phenomena around you. Be aware of the objects around you, be aware of the natural phenomena around you, the trees, the sky, the flowers, the plants and be aware of your own feelings, your own sensations in the present moment. Bring yourself back to the present with a gentle mental nudge and the more you do that the more habitual it will become until The habit of awareness will become stronger and it will overtake the habits of abstraction and absorption. Let's practice that now. I'm going to guide you through a practical meditation, a kind of mindfulness exercise. And it involves practicing awareness through different senses. So let's begin with the sense of smell. Just become aware of your nose. Become aware of your breath entering your nose. And as you breathe in, just be aware of any smells, any aromas that enter your nose with your breath. Just bring all your attention, all your awareness to your sense of smell. There may be some pleasant smells, some unpleasant smells, but just be aware of whatever is there. And if your attention is pulled away into abstraction, if thoughts take you away, just give yourself a gentle mental nudge back. Into the experience of smelling right now. Now, let's do the same with listening. Bring your attention into the sense of hearing. Close your eyes, that may help to concentrate. Just open your awareness through your ears and just encounter and experience whatever is there. Whatever sounds enter your field of awareness. Again, there may be pleasant sounds, there may be some unpleasant sounds, but just allow them to enter your awareness. Some sounds inside your room, some sounds outside your room, whatever is there. And again, if your attention wanders, just give yourself a gentle mental mental nudge back into your awareness of the sounds that are occurring around you right now. Now let's move on to the sense of seeing. Open your eyes and gently look around you, just taking in the reality of all of the objects around you all of the objects inside your room. Just gently survey them, allowing their reality to enter your awareness. Don't label them. Don't conceptualise them. Just allow them to be as they are and give them your full attention. Any sights outside your window too? Any natural phenomena you can see, just see them as they are in their isness. Just allow them to enter your field of awareness. And again, if your attention wanders, give yourself a gentle mental nudge back into the reality of this present moment gently surveying the objects and phenomena around you noticing intricate details minute variations of colour and form and texture which you didn't pay attention to before Now let's switch to the sense of touch and the sense of feeling. Just gently touch the objects around you. Just feel their texture. Feel their smoothness or or roughness without any labels or language or conceptualizing. Just experience the isness of the objects around you. You can do the same with your own skin. Feel the texture of your skin. Feel your hair, your face. Just feel and gently touch the textures. giving your whole awareness to the sense of touch and feeling. Feel your body, feel your feet on the ground. Feel the clothes against your skin. Feel your back and your bottom against the chair. And again, if your attention wanders, just give yourself a gentle mental nudge back into the experience of touching and feeling. And now let's shift to our minds. Let's be aware of any mental phenomena. Just bring your attention into your own mental space and just observe your own mind in the same way as the other senses. Observe any thoughts that arise Watching your thoughts as if they are a stream passing by. As if you're sitting on a riverbank watching your thoughts pass by in a stream. Be aware of the distance between you and your thoughts. Be aware that you are the observer of your thoughts, you are not the thinker of your thoughts. Thinking is just a process that takes place inside you. Like a physiological process, like circulation or breathing. Just watch any thoughts and sensations and any impressions coming and going. Like a stream passing by. So... We've been through the senses of smelling, listening, seeing, touching and feeling, and our mental activity. Let's see if we can now become aware of all of them at the same time. All of those senses at the same time, plus any mental activity. So let's just open our awareness to our experience right now in every direction Just open your awareness and allow whatever is out there to enter your field of awareness. And just hold your awareness in the reality of your experience of now. And be aware the richness of your experience, you can probably sense how real and fresh and rich the phenomena around you have become. How vivid and how fascinating these phenomena have become. And that's what I described in the poem as the alchemy of attention. The world is suddenly real and suddenly much more beautiful. Now, I'm going to read a final poem. This is the title poem of my book, The Clear Light. It's a poem called The Clear Light of the Present. There is nothing that can't be undone no past injury that can't be healed, no past mistake that can't be corrected in the clear light of the present. Every past action that arose from spite can be redeemed by kindness in the clear light of the present. Every action that arose from ignorance can be, re- can be redeemed by wisdom in the clear light of the present. Painful memories of suffering will evaporate like patches of fallen rain in the clear light of the present. Dark, deep imprints of trauma will uncover themselves so that they can be healed in the clear light of the present. Conflicts that have exhausted us, grudges that have poisoned us for lifetime after lifetime, can be flushed away in an instant of pure compassion and forgiveness in the clear light of the present. There is no need for the past to shadow us when we always live and are always free in the clear light of the present. As that poem suggests, living in the present represents freedom. Presence means freedom from the future And all of the anxieties and fears that lie in the future. Presence represents freedom from the past and all of the bitterness and frustrations, all of the grudges that lie in the past. All of these emotions are based on the future and the past. When we bring our attention into the present moment, there is no fear, there is no bitterness, there are no grudges. There is simply experience. There is simply isness. It's always a sensation of well being. I think that's because the present is our home. When we live in the future and the past, we move away from our home. But when we come back to presence, there's a merging of our being with the being of the world itself the duality between us and the world fades away. So we feel a sense of calm well-being. We feel a sense of oneness. We feel a sense of ease and a sense of peace. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Clear Light Podcast with me, Steve Taylor. Remember to check out my website, www.stevenmtaylor.com. And I will see you soon, hopefully, for another edition of the podcast. All best wishes and blessings.